Hello, hello, financially savvy people. Have you ever wondered after you've been asked for your background check and then you simply didn't get it done? Or you applied for a rental unit and the interview with the landlord went super well and once they received your background check, you simply didn't get the unit, you didn't get the house, you didn't get the apartment. Why is that? Have you ever wondered why you always have the worst interest rate? Well, guess what? This is what we're gonna talk about on this episode. The reason why is because there is an informant called your credit score. And that it's an informant who is that credit score is essentially an informant. I tell you, it is here to provide privileged information about your credit worthiness to lenders, to the credit bureau, everything, you know, bills that you didn't pay, you know, histories that you have with credit and how you use your credit. Do you pay your bills on time? You know, are you in collection all the time? How many payments have you missed? You know, have you ever had a judgment against you? All of that is recorded, man. People, I tell you, your credit score is the biggest informant about your credit worthiness. So you better get on top of it and clean it up. This is what we're talking about on this episode. This is your girl, Lackey. Welcome to episode 19 of Financially Savvy Girl podcast. All right, let's dive right into it, shall we? So what is credit? Credit is simply your ability to borrow money. The money you owe is called debt. And guess what, guys? You have to pay it back like we actually do. For example, credit cards, car loans, notes, student loans, mortgage loans are all forms of debt, borrowed money that needs to be paid out. So I just want you to be mindful and conscious of it when you're actually doing the borrowing, you know? And when you have that money in your possession, before you start spending it, remember that every single penny of that money, you need to give it back. So don't frivolously spend it because guess what? The informant called the credit score will report on your behind. I kid you not. And it is not so easy to build back your credit score, but it is easy to ruin your credit score. So be mindful of that. The best practice rule is to limit the amount you borrow, make your payments on time, and more than the minimum payment to avoid paying more in interest. I want to, like I said, your credit score, I call it is the informant telling others about your relationship with money. The only way to get around this informant is to take control over what is being informed about you. That is truly the only way to get around this, is to take control over what is being informed about you. So what does that mean? It means, you know what? If you don't like what's been informed, then what? Change your mindset change the narrative and change your habits so that better information can be conveyed about 
who you are as a consumer, right? So that's the only way to get around this informant. This informant called your credit score is no joke and will spare you no, no mercy whatsoever. So let's talk about the credit bureaus. Credit bureaus collect information relevant to a person's credit habits and their history. They use this information to assign a credit score, also known as your FICO score. Now, this is a three-digit score, and we'll talk more about the score, but I just want to tell you there are three credit bureaus. It's Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. We use more Equifax and TransUnion here in Canada, more so than Experian, okay? But what you need to do, the credit bureau rather, is that it is important for you to check with all three or the first two Equifax and TransUnion because their scores will vary slightly because they have different things that they prioritize but it's important for you to check with both and you're entitled to your free credit report in addition to your credit score, credit report, one free report per year. You are entitled to that. So please start digging in, find out what's in those report. What are they reporting? What is the informant reporting about you in those report? It is no joke. You know, so it's important for you to get on top of that. So if you haven't done it already for 2020, I want you to call Equifax tomorrow, call TransUnion and ask for your credit report for 2020. Do it, do it, do it. And I'm sure you can probably even have access to your request online if you cannot get them over the phone. So Let's talk a little bit more about your credit score. Your credit score, um, the scores are numerical rating that shows lenders how reliable you actually are at repaying your debt, right? So keep in mind, your credit score essentially is all based on your debt, money that you have borrowed. Now, the history and your habits with what you do with that money that you borrowed, how you pay it and, and whatnot, is all calculated in a numeric rating score assigned to your habits. And then it tells future lenders, it tells landlords, it tells um, essentially your employers who are asking for your credit score. It's telling, you know, the bank when you apply for a mortgage, it is telling uh, the, the car company when you apply for a car loan, it is telling everyone who you are seeking to, to lend you money about you. It talks about your credit worthiness. It talks about your habits. How does so-and-so manage their money and should we trust them? That is what your credit score will say. Three digits that will tell them all of that. And then in addition to that, your credit report will provide details of why that score is assigned to you. So Hala, the informant and exhibits, you don't want to play with that. Okay, you better get on top of it. There are multiple credit score models. However, generally speaking, a good credit score is anything above 700. So 
But I say that, but if you have a score of 660, 660 or above, at that point, you're considered relatively good, even though it's not really 700 yet. So let me just break down the scores, okay? So they usually start around 300 and go all the way to 800. So 300 to 559 is considered a poor score, uh, not good score. You're going to have a hard time qualifying for, for anything, um, especially money to be lent to you. And if money is lent to you, they're probably going to ask you for crazy deposit. You're going to be charged crazy interest rate. Okay, so that's considered a bad score. And then the next score after that is a 560 to 659. And that is considered fair, just fair. Not good, not poor, just fair. Now, anyone who has a score of 560 to 659 may qualify, but again, you're going to have not the best interest rates. You're going to have high interest rate if you qualify. And, you know, some banks may not even approve you for certain things. So that's where you are if you have a score between 560 to 659. And oftentimes you may need to add some collateral, um, whether have a co-signer sign with you, whether it's a guarantor uh, to sign with you, just someone else that they can rely on in case you don't pay your um your the money that is being lent so that is someone with a fair score 560 to 659 is considered fair a good score is 660 to 724 that is considered a good score as i said before anything above 700 is a is a is a good score but from 660 fico score to 724 fico score you are considered good in that range, which means that you would qualify, uh, you would qualify for things and, you know, you, you will get decent, uh, the, the higher you are, obviously, when you're more in the 700, then you start getting really better interest rates on things than if you are still in the 600s, even if it's a high 600s, but you're considered um, having a good credit score. The average Canadian, uh, Canadian average score is 700. So on average, Canadians have pretty good credit score. So if you want to be competitive, you want to have more than 700. So you want to have, you know, maybe mid 700. So from which is the next one, which is 725 to 759. And that score is considered very good. If you have a score between 725 to 759 FICO score, you have a good FICO score. Um, and you will qualify for a lot of things. And that means it usually says that you pay your bills on time. You know, you are good with credit, you know, we will dive more into the details, but there's another uh, rating after that. After that, if you have a score of 760 or above, then your credit is considered excellent. And that is where, you know, you are getting the best interest rate. That is where you are. You'll, you'll just see like credit card companies sending you offers left and right to increase your credit score and whatnot. I have a love and hate relationship with your credit score. 
and overall just credit because I fundamentally believe that the best way to build wealth is to get rid of debt and increase your net worth. So as much as I'm talking about credit score, because it is important to talk about it, and it's important to clean your credit score because it is impacting and affecting you so much in so many areas. If you have a bad credit score and you're paying unnecessary amount of money in interest that you could be saving, I also do believe that even once you have cleaned your credit score, you should not be looking into getting yourself further in consumer debt and getting back into the cycle of vicious debt. So that's really important. So now, as far as the impact of a low credit score, let's just talk about that. A low credit score can have really significant impact. It's not just a three-digit number. It is used by lenders, it is used by insurers, it is used by landlords, by employers, and utility companies to evaluate your credit behavior, worthiness, and risk assessment. As a landlord, I always ask for credit score. It is so important because then you get to have sort of an idea as to, okay, is this person someone who pays their, their bills? And if they do, and do they do it on time? And that gives you sort of an idea whether or not they will pay their rent on time and they will be consistent in paying it as well. So that's important. And that's something that you want to know as a landlord. You want to have confidence in the person who is renting your house or your, your apartment or the, the unit, whatever it may be. Okay. So this is just an example how it is used in so many aspects. So when I talk about lending, I mean, that's a lender, you know, that could be car, that could be credit card, that could be loans, that could be, um, you know, the insurance, insurance, everybody needs insurance. Can you just imagine being refused insurance or getting crazy rates or, uh, you know, not getting a good policy or crazy premium, having to pay crazy premium because you have bad credit? So you definitely don't want to be in that position. And if you are, this is why we have this episode so that we can talk about ways where you can improve it and you can get your credit score to where it needs to be so that the informant starts informing good things about your habits of paying your debt. So what else does it affect? It also affects employers relationship with employers because a lot of jobs now they check your background including your credit and utility companies evaluate your credit behavior as well worthiness and your risk assessment so applying for a loan a line of credit a credit card mortgage your credit score will be a big factor into the decision of whether you are approved or denied your credit score will also affect the interest rate offered to you on those loans and those credits as well. So just examples of ways in which it affects you. Your credit score will also impact the credit limit offered to you by the new, by, 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 by the, with the credit that's granted. In essence, the lower your credit score, the higher the interest rate will be and the lower the credit limit will be, uh, will be offered. Reason being is you are considered more of a, a credit risk with a low credit score, right? 
And also your credit score can have an impact on job applications. A potential employer may ask your permission to check your credit file and based on what they read, they may decide not to hire you due to your poor credit history. Like this is no joke. Can you believe it? It can actually cost you a job, like a job. Your home rental, like I said as well, rental housing, you know, a landlord may assess your tenant worthiness and decide, mm, you know what, this person doesn't pay their bills, so I don't, I don't have confidence that they will pay the rent on time. All this because your past behavior oftentimes is what people base themselves to determine your future, uh, your future behavior. So you want to make sure that you clean up your credit, your credit score, so that you can increase your credit score and better behavior can be reported about you. And that was just to name just a few examples of how a bad credit can truly impact your life without you even knowing that, okay? So let's talk about your credit score. How is it calculated? So this is really in interesting. So if you don't have a pen and paper, you wanna write this down. So you know, make sure you grab a pen and paper because there are, in essence, five categories that serve to calculate your credit score. And each of them have a different percentage that is associated to them. So it's important. I'll go by the highest percentage rate is associated to your payment history. So 35% of your credit score will be your payment history. One word. Actually, no, one sentence. Do you pay your bills on time? That is the answer that it's looking. Your payment history looks for whether or not you pay your bill on time. That's the question. And the answer is what will be part of that 35%. And right after that, 30% of your credit score is associated with the amount that you owe. So the more debt, so debt, your debt ratio, if it's really high, then that impacts negatively on your credit score, obviously. And then you have 15%. 15% is associated to a length, the length of credit history that you have. What does that mean? In essence, it means, you know, the longest history that you have, the longest time that you have, um, impacts positively. So if you have a longer history, then that would work favorably to you. And the shorter history that you have, that could have an impact as well. And that goes per debt that you owe, right? So let's say, for example, you have a credit card that you've had for the past 10 years, and then you get a new credit card, a completely different credit card, credit card company. Well, you don't want to close the oldest credit card that you have. What you want to do if you haven't done, clean it up already. You want to pay it off, but not close it. You want to, you know, if you're afraid that you might use it, you want to just cut it, cut it, shred it to pieces, but don't actually call the company to close it because the longer history that you may have of with the lender, that impacts positively on your credit uh, because the length of credit history matters. 15% of it matters on 
the entire pie of your credit score. So the other 10% goes towards the type of credit that you use. Now, what you need to know about that is that consumer debt, revolving debt, consumer debt, such as your credit, your credit card or your line of credit, affect more your credit score than let's say uh, your your um, your car loan or your um, even your student loan. So they all impact, but revolving debt, which is like a debt that you once you pay down, you can use again, which is like your credit card and your line of credit, those have a greater impact on your credit score. And that's because they're the type of credit that impacts more so than uh, non-revolving debt, which is like your OSAP, um, you know, Ontario student uh, loan for school or your car loan, which, you know, once you pay, you pay. It's not like something that you can use again. What you want to really do is make sure that you keep your revolving debt extremely clean uh, and you make your payments on time for all of your debt, but your revolving debt, make sure you make your payments, uh, make sure that you make more than the minimum payment, make sure that you really work on keeping those debt uh, with a good record. Because keep in mind that 35% of your score goes to payment history. But in addition to that, if you have a credit card with good payment history, and it's also the type of credit used, which is revolving debt, and it shows favorably on your credit, then it will really help uh, improve your credit score. And then 10% of your score is allocated to new credit. Unfortunately, as I said, this is part of the reason why I don't like credit and credit score is the more you have, you know, and as long as you maintain a good payment history, uh, a good balance of, you know, keeping it open and, um, you know, you make your payments on time and whatnot. But the more that you have, it seems like, yeah, surprisingly. Anyways, so new credit accounts for 10%. So the next, I just give you a breakdown of your score categories. I've already sort of given it, you know, solidify what I just said, 35% goes to your payment history. Do you pay your bills on time? Largest percentage amount of your credit score calculation. So you don't want to mess up with that. Two, 30% goes to your credit utilization ratio, the amount of credit you've been using compared to the credit that you have. And I'll give you an example for that, just in case that wasn't clear. So let's say that you have a credit, uh, credit card with a $5,000 limit. That's the credit amount you have and you have used 4,000 of the 5,000. So you've purchased things and you've used up 4,000 of that 5,000. This shows a high credit utilization. And essentially it shows an 80% of your credit utilization, which means that you've used 80% of your credit limit, right? So 4,000 of 5,000 is 80%. So the best practice is for you not to use more than 25 to 30% of your credit limit. That is the best practice if you want to really keep a good 
credit utilization ratio, do not use more than 25 to 30%. Even better than that, if you use your credit card, pay it all off at the end of the month. If you pay off your credit card at the end of the month before your due date completely off, trust it will help you boost up your credit score. Keep it up for a good six months and just stay on that good habit. It will really help improve your credit score. And it takes a good three to six months for you to really, once you get into good habits, for you to really see a good change, like a, a good trend change into your credit score. Um, so that's just a little nugget. And as I said, 15% goes to the length of history. The amount of time you have been using credit is important and accounts for 15% of your calculation. The longer the credit history, the better. Hence why they say not to cancel your credit card, even after you have shredded after paying it off. And so, and I've already told you about the other 10% that goes to type of credit being used and the other 10 that goes to new credit. So I just want to add on the new credit. The amount of time you apply for a new credit within six to 12 months has an impact on your score. So while, you know, having a few credit, like a number of credit, a uh, number of borrowed money on your, um, your report and born money that is all in good standing would impact positively your credit score. It's important for you to know, however, that when you apply for new credit within six to 12 months and you apply for multiple, that has an impact on your credit score and it's not a positive impact. The more you apply, the bigger the hit negatively it has on your score. So you want to make sure that you don't apply often for new credit and you want to space them out. Don't apply for multiple or new credit within six to 12 months of each other as much as you can control that. So best practice tips, I would say avoid going over the credit limit. Keep your usage at 30% or lower to the or lower to the limit, do not apply for more credit often, pay your debt by or before the due date. And if you cannot pay it in full, always, always, always make at least the minimum payment. And if you can make more than the minimum payment so that you can reduce the amount of interest that you're paying on a monthly basis. Okay, so I just wanna also provide some tips on using credit wisely. Um, you need to know one, I would say you need to know both your credit card statement issue date and your payment due date. Make sure that, that you pay your credit card and have the payment showing on your account by the latest on your payment due date. Then avoid using your card until the statement issue date. So the statement issue date is the beginning of the next cycle. So on your bills, you will see on top, usually you see your statement issue date. That's the date when your new cycle bill is printed, right? So when your new cycle restart rather and your 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 your, your uh, other statement is printed. So that's really important to remember because you don't want to make your payment on your due date and then use the money before you, the bill is printed or in the new cycle restarts because then all the payments that you made by the time the bill is printed, it's just going to show that you've already used it and that's not going to work in your favor. So that's one. Two, you want to pay your bills on time. Again, I cannot put too much emphasis into that because it is so important. As I mentioned, it accounts for 
35% of your score. So timely payment on your credit card is the most important and sound decision you can make if you're working on improving your credit score. Avoid late payments at all costs. And the best way to do that is to automate your payment. You, you free yourself from having to always remember to do it. So, you know, even in your online banking, just set up automatic bill payment and make sure if you do it online, keep in mind that there is a delay from the moment the you've set up your bill payment to, to the time and day in which the lender actually receives the payment. I believe it takes almost a week or so. So you wanna make sure that you're setting it up for them to receive the payment by or before the due date, and not that you are making the payment online on the due date because then your payment will be delayed. So that's important. And as I said, try number three, try to pay more than the minimum. If you cannot clear your credit balance in full, meaning every month, push yourself to make at least more than the minimum payment. It's really gonna help you with the interest rate. And four, beware of hidden fees and high credit limit. The fine prints, you know, that's something that people don't really read, but know that in the back of your application form, when there is a credit card that you're applying for, there's always fine prints. And those fine prints are the most important yet hidden information from you. So you got to make sure to look and then read them and ask questions about the, the charge fee, ask question about the interest rate, ask question about the annual fee before signing up. You know, ideally, number five, what I say, you want to look for credit card with no annual fee. I mean, you are already paying interest and credit card interests are usually pretty high. You know, you have credit card annual interest of like $19.99 or $22.99. Like that's ludicrous. It's already so high. And on top of that, it wants you to pay an annual fee of like, I don't know, $99 or $129. That is just insane. You don't want to do that. So as much as you can, if you can control it, um, find a credit card with no annual fee. You know, it will say it before you apply for it. It'll say there's no annual fee for this credit card whatever it may be, but try to really find one with no annual fee. And um, number six, I would say reward credit cards. Rewards credit cards, you know, a lot of people use it for points, for rewards. I, I was never really a big reward program person until not long ago. The reason why is because I was really cleaning up my financial house for years and that was more important to me than reward so i was not in the habits of just getting a new credit card for the purpose of accumulating points or travel points or any type of rewards i just wanted to get rid of them so i focused on that and it's really recently in the past three four years that i've started paying more attention to reward programs and it really just you know, helps for some of the, the, you know, just alleviate the burden for some of the trips that we do, which is always good. Uh, but I can do that now because I have, you know, earned the, through discipline, the, the right to essentially use the card uh, in a wise manner, right? So because of that, then I can benefit from those points as opposed to 
using credit card and just maxing it out because there's no, it's counterproductive if that's what you're doing and then you're stressed and living in debt. I don't believe that. No awards, no rewards, no travel point is worth that. So if you don't have a good handle on your credit yet, then just avoid all of it, to be honest, and just focus on paying it off. But if you do, then you can benefit from the rewards credit card. So, you know, as you're applying, depending on what is it that you'd like to do, if it's for travel, then you want to get a credit card that meets your need. So you want one that accumulate points for travel and whatnot. And number seven, I'll leave you with that as far as uh, I would say negotiate lower rates. Good credit scores affords bargaining rates, you know. Uh, when you're offered a better rate by another credit card, do not rush to close the one you had a long-standing history with, however, because keep in mind, as I mentioned earlier, that a long-standing history accounts for a good 15% of your score, so you don't want to close it, but if you want to shred it or freeze it, whatever it is that you want to do, do it. You don't have to use it anymore, just keep it open so that it can continue to impact positively on your credit score. Um, but if you have a good credit, you know, bargain, bargain, bargain your your rates. You know, you can always have better interest rates. So make sure you bargain and you simply call them and negotiate a better rate, indicating the better offer you've received. Another thing is, you know, if another company is offering you a better rate, you know, just call back your existing company and be like, hey, so-and-so is offering me a better rate and I'm considering going with them, but I've had such a long history with you guys that I'm first calling you so that you can hopefully give me a better rate from what I'm currently paying right now. And I'm sure they will be open to talk, especially if you have had a long-standing credit history open with them and you have a good credit score. If you don't have a good credit score, they may not be so willing to negotiate. So just work on, on improving your credit score. But hey, you never know. It can never hurt. Just try. So final nuggets. Um, so just to recap, you want to make all of your payments on time, your credit card bills, your unpaid bills may be sold to collection agency, which will seriously hurt your credit. So you want to make sure that you make all your payment on time and try to avoid, you know, whether it's your phone bills or whatever it is, all of that is reported on your credit when you don't make the payment and it's sent to collection. So, you know, when you get those calls, like make payment arrangement and respect your payment arrangements because you don't want your bills to be sent to collection. You don't, and once it's sent to collection, you don't want a write-off because a write-off will stay on your credit for so many years and will negatively impact it, you know? Uh, so you don't want that at all. And also keep your credit utilization low. I say below 30% of usage. So, you know, keep a low, below 30%. On average, I think if you keep it anywhere from 10 to 20%, so let's say that you have a $1,000 credit, um, uh, credit card limit. So you want to make sure that a monthly base, you are keeping it below, like perfectly, ideally, you want to pay it off in full. If you use a hundred or $200, then you want to pay it off in full before the end of the, the month and before your due date. But if you cannot do it, but keep at least your 
your your utilization at 10 to 20 percent that is the utmost best if you cannot pay it off completely so you know keep a hundred or two hundred dollars that you have used but pay off the remaining if it's a thousand dollar limit right because that brings you at your 10 to 20 percent so keep it there because that credit utilization ratio is important because, I mean, it, as I said, it accounts for 30, 30% of your credit score. So that is definitely, definitely important. So avoid opening too many new accounts at once. New accounts lower your average account age, which makes you uh, makes up part of your credit score. So that is why, you know, when you have a new account, it kind of, it really lowers your average account age. So that is why it affects negatively your, your credit. So, and it accounts for 10% of your overall credit score, which is still a lot, you know, can you picture if you increase your credit score by just 10%? Hello, that is good. Okay, and you also wanna keep accounts open for as long as possible, as I've said. Remember that the goal, however, is not to improve your credit score so you can borrow more and fall into more consumer debt. At the end of the day, eliminating debt, I say, is the fastest way of building wealth, guys. So the goal with improving your credit score and the reason why I did this episode, because it was requested by quite a few millennials, or so I did this episode, but I want you to remember that the goal with improving your credit score is so that you put yourself in a better position to build wealth, benefit from low interest rates, and leverage from good credit in your financial freedom journey. So make sure that you stay on track with the goal and that you don't improve your credit score to essentially uh, fall back into bad habits and debt. Once you have a better score and more credit is thrown at you and there's nothing wrong with saying no to more credit or that extra credit card. There's no need for you to even accept it. You know, just get rid of it. You don't need it. You don't need to fall into bad habits. So that is it for this episode. So make sure that you subscribe to the mailing list, www.financiallysavvygirl.ca for detailed tips on improving your personal finance and follow us on Instagram at financially underscore savvy girl for daily motivations on improving your personal finance. And uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you can be provided with financial intelligence for your personal financial Until next time, Take hold of your future with a financial savvy girl.